0: And I do start most readings letting people know that there are many layers and levels to the truth of the revealings that will come through. Activating us, empowering us, readying us, preparing us, and letting us know that it is okay to reclaim your priestess. I think a lot of what they do within the Akashic Records is that it's reminding people of that permission for the self-inquiry that permission to receive the answers in their highest embodiment of truth and then to believe
1: it welcome back divine beings oh my goddess i'm rewiring my brain to say goddess (laughs) which is perfectly on point with today's episode that I'm giddy with excitement for you to hear this. (laughs) Ah, Such a reality expanding episode. So much magic and feminine blessings woven into every moment of this episode because this episode is with my beautiful sister, my priestess, mentor, my one of the beautiful guides in my life, Jatem um, Cherie, who I had the profound pleasure of experiencing an Akashic record reading with. And um, since then, I am just passionate about her message and her, her gift and her wisdom. And um, this podcast really goes deep into so many, so many, so many, so many Tangible tools, as well as like beautifully poetic <laughs> explanations of reality and um, musings on the goddess and the priestess path, and what does the priestess path look like in these modern day, um, modern days, and the time that we're in now? So this episode is just filled to the brim with divinity, and I cannot wait. For you to experience it. Oh man. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify and please please send it to a goddess that you know. Um I, I want these these messages to be shared far and wide. It's beautiful information and I'm so grateful that Jatem came on. So without further ado, let's get started. Ah well welcome to this beautiful podcast episode. I'm so grateful to have you and your wisdom and your gifts and your energy in this space. I've talked about <laughs> your our Akashic reading in pretty much every episode um, that I've recorded so far. I've referenced it at some point. And um, I think there are a lot of people listening that have no idea really what an Akashic, what the Akashic records are, what a reading is, and Just the depths of wisdom that are there. Um, So, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being so welcoming. Thank you for being so open during our session so that you could receive all that was seeking and desiring and requiring to come into you in that moment Mm -hmm. as not only an aha moment, but a maha moment to really set the course, right? And so that feels absolutely purposeful and completely on time
1: Mm, yes oh absolutely Mm -hmm. i love that maha moment i've never heard that (laughs) that's so good oh that's beautiful um yeah i'd love to start it off with what are the akashic records okay
0: what a big question i know (laughs) And I do my best to answer it in the way that feels most authentic for me and in the way that um, the Akashic Records channel through me and that it is an etheric library. And when I say etheric, it exists on a multidimensional plane and it has access points through each and every one of us in the collective, Mm. through the galaxy, through multiple realms and timelines. It holds the shape of consciousness It is every thought, it is every emotion, it is every action that was taken and that was not taken. It was the thoughts of I'm going to do this today. And then when you didn't do it, it holds the shape of the possibilities of existence. And so when we traverse the Akashic Records, there is so much potentiality and possibility. It's you know, I I recently was just having a huge download about it. And what came in is that it's about having a a conscious dialogue with God. Hmm. God is the fractalized essence of the everything and the no thing. And so when you're having divine dialogue with the everything and the no thing, it comes in in a variety of ways that can attach to the consciousness that we currently have to understand the messages and how they're being revealed. Mm. And so it's quite complex. And then I think in some ways it's, it's much, it's very simple. Hmm.
1: Wow. -hmm. What a beautiful description, access to all that is, and it's within us inherently as God experiencing itself. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So this is, I've heard it explained and and I really didn't know the depths or I didn't have an experience of the depths until doing the reading with you. Um, I had heard of it. I'd seen some books and my mom who is like, she's an astrologer. She loves the mystical realms. Um, absolutely. The only thing I heard her reference was like, Oh, I don't think you're supposed to access that yourself. Like it messes up the future or something. And I was like, huh, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that, but um, experiencing the reading with you, just, whew, uh, <laughs> it's an infinite library, it feels like. And I love that
0: you came with questions, and I won't reveal your questions, not because even if I could remember them, but <laughs> you came with questions that were so deeply embedded in your soul. Like I mm-hmm. felt that yeah. when it was like a soul inquiry and a soul remembrance for you. And therefore it, it was poetic mm. the way that it revealed. It was, and which is right on par for you, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh. And completely on par for you. It's the questions that you came with and it's something that I always recommend for readings. It's what is your burning desire to know mm-hmm. that's free from conditioning that's free from perceptions and manipulations and outside influences? What is your soul's heart's consciousness and the amalgamation of all of that? What is its burning desire of self-inquiry? And I think that's where you really just land it smack dab in the middle of a beautiful self-reflection of validations probably that you already knew.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. The connection points to some deeper rememberings, but I, I made a list. I remember cause you asked, um, to like form intention with three questions coming into the reading and I made a list and a lot of them at the beginning were like more ego or just kind of like things that I could, I will figure out, you know, they will come and they weren't that rich and they didn't really need to be answered at that moment. And then the ones that stuck that I was like, I really, really would love to know this. And this is something deep. Those are the questions I went with and they were so profound, <laughs> completely changed the, the, or hmm, what's another way to put that not changed the course of my life, but affirmed the path <laughs> of my life, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I
0: think in a way too, it has this sense of like up-leveling your confidence of your purpose. It ignites Mm -hmm. a passion for this purpose that's probably already been there. It's something that you were, and not even you specifically, but I think everyone, we have these passions and these purposes that we're we're somewhat committed to. And Mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of distractions that come in. And when you can get down to the essence of what your inquiry into the realms is into between the realms into the lips and the ears of god Mm. it reaffirms like you said and it validates and it also it's it's a fuel and a fire under your ass back into your passionate purpose and walking that path with a straight call back and Mm. an iridescence and an illumination that has rekindled your commitment and love for life and for why it is that you chose to be here.
1: Mm, Wow. Yes. So beautifully said. It's so true. And um, yeah, the questions that I asked just for context, because for some people who have never heard me talk about it, or have never heard of an Akashic greeting, like the questions that I asked are questions that to me, it felt like I was, I was asking them to a magical portal to God truly, which is what was happening. But these are questions that feel so big, and to have access to answers to them felt just incredible. Um, the questions that I asked were: Where am I from? Like, where is the the seedings of my soul, the original seedings? Um, and um, what was what's my purpose, or what I should focus on? I think was the third one. And then, where should I travel to to reactivate? Um, codes from past lives so those are big questions and the the answers that came through the guidance was so clear and so full like I was given more than I could have ever imagined so there really it seems like there's no um like barriers really with with where the readings could go
0: there is, really isn't, and I do start most readings letting people know that there are many layers and levels to the truth of the revealings that will come through, mm. and, you know, when we say many layers and levels, like, what does that really mean? It means that there are dimensions, infinite possibilities, yes, it's more a an infinite viewing of the most probable actionable steps that can be taken towards getting to a certain destiny or a certain fate or a certain Mm. milestone along your path. And I think one of the most important things to remember with that is that it's free will. Mm. It's literally free will. And so you could make a radical change in your life tomorrow. And there may still be a lot of probabilities that were present the day before, but then there's also these new fractals of new timelines. And it's what I like to call the golden threads. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing in each moment with each breath and which with each step, with each syllable that we speak, we are weaving new golden threads. And for the most part, we are weaving into a fairly specific tapestry. Mm -hmm. And it's the one that's on our soul contracts, but it's like soul is in plural, like our soul's contracts, the many lives that we are concurrently living because life is not linear, at least in my opinion, and mm-hmm. what I've received from the Akashic records. And so when we're weaving and creating this tapestry, we get to choose the colors. We get to choose the patternings. We get to choose the design. We get to choose where we want to put each stitch and the way that we want it to be weaved. And that's our free will choice. And so the answers that come from the Akashic Records are probabilities and possibilities and potentialities mm-hmm. weaved in with the destiny threads, the golden threads
1: of your free will. Hmm. Wow. And you just touched on a point that I wanted to ask too, because this term soul contract is something that I've seen you know, used quite a bit in the spiritual community but outside of that um, I've never heard it referenced so like what is a soul contract or what does that feel like to you in your experience sure. the way that a soul
0: contract has been shown to me when I say shown my gifts lie in clairvoyance and clear audience and so I see things and I hear things and I also get bodily sensations and whenever the the emanations or the essence of what a soul contract comes through to me is it's it's what we chose to experience mm. and it feels like a emotional spiritual somatic experience but additionally like what treasures are we choosing to intentionally and with attention gather up so that we can return to the grotto of God to mm. lay these treasures at her feet because God is a goddess, let's be real. And so, <laughs> and so it's it's almost as if you've made this soul contract with the many emanations, the many vibrations, the many resonances, and the many frequencies of you that are living throughout all multi multidimensional planes, but also with the omnipotent source of what can we gather to further weave the Collective golden tapestry. And so we have our individual tapestry, our individual golden threads that make up our soul contract. And then we have the all, which can also be denoted as the nothing. And so the all and the nothing, but we are laying all of our experiences, which encompass the everything and the nothing at the feet of the goddess. And this also gets reweaved into our experiences, not just in this life, but across all other lives that we are touching and you know, that golden thread is not just weaving our soul contract, future past and everything in between, but it's also weaving the other concurrent lives that we're living. So something that we're doing here as Rohini and Jatam in this moment is also affecting where you are as a Venusian priestess,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, where you are walking as a blue being, as a healer. And so all of these threads and that's why it's it's such a concept to understand because it's so much and then it's also very simple it's mm. just like all connected mm. we are all the sacred spider web and we are all you know daughters of the goddess and sons
1: <laughs> mm. Oh, I love how you say goddess like whenever I say it in my meditation it usually echoes back in your voice like goddess like exactly how you say it <laughs> I, I love it so much um, so I guess uh, a very simple way of saying that is like you came here for a reason. It, could that be? Could that? Yeah, be? and you chose it. And, and you that's chose it.
0: And you chose it. You know, we we tend to walk around thinking that we didn't have much responsibility in our incarnation, but we mm-hmm. chose. We chose our parents. We chose our path. We chose our traumas. We chose our victories. And we chose every experience that brought us to this very moment and we're able to look back on it and understand that those are treasures, whether we relegate them to negative or positive or whatever kind of terminology we want to put on those experiences. They are the treasures that we will lay at the foot of our existence when we transcend.
1: Wow. And, and that, embodying that is it's full accountability. Like there is no victim does not exist in that, in that world. Like we chose all of it. I chose all of it. And that, I think, especially those who have experienced trauma, like in their lives, um, that is difficult. That's the ultimate, like sovereignty really. And being completely free of, of victim mentality, no matter the difficulties. Yeah. yeah. Which is and that's awesome. the maha
0: right there. <laughs> the maha. That's it. That's the maha. Yeah. Wow. It's the mother aha moment. And when you realize that it's quite scary because then there's no blame. There's no one outside of us who was pushing that moment on us, who made it happen because everything is happening for us and not to us Mm. because we chose it and so inevitably it's for our own evolutionary processes our own divine orchestration and we are the symphony coordinator we chose every note every discordant tone Mm. and every beautiful melody as well
1: wow Mm. (laughs) so much to think about there um yeah and that's that's empowering because it allows you to ultimately forgive everyone and then forgive yourself and ease the burdens of carrying all of that. It's, it's yeah, it's the ultimate faith, which is profound, (laughs) profound trust. Ooh, I love that. Um, You mentioned it as well when you were talking um, something I would love to ask you about because I'm getting, I'm finding more, more women on Instagram specifically, and more mentions in books and things that I'm finding the deeper I'm kind of going down the different, I don't even want to say rabbit holes, but like cosmic portals (laughs) um, of literature and things, but priestess and, and embodying the path of the priestess in this lifetime. And I, I don't see many women yet um, who claim that and who are walking this path. And you are someone who's a very prominent example. Um, just the, the depths of how you claim it. It's like, Oh yes, this is, this is true. And this is real. And there's not, it feels like there isn't a part of you that doesn't know that to be so, which Thank for, for me and, in, in in my path, um, there is still a lot, there's a lot of voices and, Um, fears from society that's like well this what even is a priestess like what do you mean priestess going to Whole Foods and like going to get gas and like (laughs) you know like what is that what does that look like (laughs) in this lifetime yeah Um, Yeah. any wisdom there
0: well we have this lensing I think even for those that have um, a subtle narrative around what a priestess is and it's, you know, incense, dark rooms and, you know, candlelights and, and unveiled women and, and maybe even, you know, like oracles and things like that. But it all feels very archaic. It all feels very ancient. It all feels very mythological. Mm-hmm. And in the times that we're living in, we tend to translate mythological as imaginary, fake and not real. Yeah. And the priestess and the path of the priestess is very much real alive and more powerful than we can even imagine as she is unveiled, Mm -hmm. as she is resurrected, and as she is set in her prominent place on the throne back in this time. Mm -hmm. Because for so long, we have been living in an age where permission of power for the feminine was absolutely unheard of. Mm -hmm. And if you dared step out of line within that narrow conditioning of what divine feminine was, Mm. And you were killed, Mm. you were silenced, you were buried. And at the very least, you were ignored.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: And so in my my personal lensing, in how I teach, in how I empower other women, a priestess is permission of your power, Mm. unleashed, Mm. untamed, unbridled, unapologetic, standing full, tall, bright, loud, and as a leader, Mm. as a leader in this time, because it's necessary and Absolutely. I have been oscillating and, and, and sharing these channelings that have been coming in recently about the age of Aquarius. Mm. And the age of Aquarius is a glyph. When we look at the actual um, astrological glyph for Aquarius, it's water. It's two mm-hmm. ways of water. And when we look at the zodiacal um, glyph, it is, well, some will say a man, but it is a woman holding a vase. Pouring water out, and I did a presentation on this recently, where I came across some really astonishing research about Aquarius and this this age that we are entering in right now. And the earliest form of Aquarius comes to us from the Sumerian and Babylonian epoch, and they actually gave us the names of the zodiac: Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, all of it. Mm. And Aquarius was known as Mu Gula, and when translated. This means the goddess of the Holy Grail. Wow. (laughs) And I think on some level, our collective knows this. Our collective is feeling the vibration and the resonance of this current coming to the surface, activating us, empowering us, readying us, preparing us, and letting us know that it is okay to reclaim your priestess.
1: Mm. Your magdalene,
0: your mage, your sage, your witch, your midwife, mm. your herbalist, your mother, mm. your healer, your power. And so that's <laughs> not so much in a nutshell, but is to me what the priestess is it is an emissary of the divine feminine, of the goddess in her many forms and fashions and factions and contours and silhouette, and it's permission of your power.
1: Mm. Wow, Oof, letting that one soak in. That was so potent, and I did not know Holy Grail. What was it exactly? The Mugula. It's goddess
0: of the Holy Grail. Goddess and of the Holy Grail. Mulu gives the you know, and I'm I'm a lover and a researcher, and and just an adamant fan of etymology, mm-hmm. um, because when we know what we're saying when we are spellcasting ourselves in this world, mm-hmm. it really sets the stage for us to be able to manifest at quantum speed. And so Mu is one of the earliest forms of the mother,
2: mm-hmm. of
0: the feminine, of the deity that serves as the goddess. And Gula is a sacred vessel, or it's likened to like an alabaster jar almost, mm-hmm. which is very much well known in the... Um, tales and truths of Mary Magdalene being the emissary of the goddess with the alabaster jar as an emanation of the age of Aquarius and this is why I believe I'm sure in your um, Instagram dealings and like what you've been finding in your cosmic portals is there's this huge resurgence of Mm -hmm. this interest and fascination and really devotion to the Magdalene path and Mary Magdalene in specific As she was our most recent emanation of the goddess um, reincarnated here on earth as each and every one of us are. And she holds a very special title and a very special energy as almost as if it was a ley line continued from the ancient ley lines, yeah, the ley line of her time with Yeshua into our time now with the full resurgence and a full
1: almost eruption of impairment of the feminine. Hmm. I love what you said about her being a ley line to now because she does, she, her energy is so accessible. It's so clear. It's so potent when, whenever I'm doing any type of sound healing or praying or opening any ceremony, when I'm calling in and just tuning in with who to bring into the space, she's like right there, always right there. And, and uh, yeah, um, her energy is, is beautiful. I just ordered a bunch of books um, to learn more. Learn more from yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is the the one for those listening who may be interested? It's Gospel of the Mary Magdalene. That's that's one. And then yeah Mary Magdalene, the gospel of the Magdalene. There's the pistis
0: Sophia, which is the Sophionic wisdom. There's so many. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> she has a bunch of books behind her head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I highly recommend um, Lineage of the Codes of Light. Yes. Um, I own a metaphysical store, and it's literally the number one book that I recommend to every woman that walks in. It's an incredible, incredible transmission. Also, obviously, The Sophia Code by Kaya mm. Ra. Mm-hmm. Incredible transmission. And then there's a few that are a little bit <clears throat> fringy, which I like <laughs> to call them, but I love the fringe. I love the and- fringe this is one of my favorites and it's called the Magdalene manuscript and the alchemies of Horus and the sex magic of Isis. Yes. Definitively to the priestess path and also to the ley line continuance of Mary Magdalene being a priestess of Isis.
1: Mm, Yes. I just ordered that one too. That, that, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) So much to learn, infinite, infinite amounts to learn, but yes lineage of the codes of light was huge for me so many activations from that book so many remembrances i yeah absolutely would recommend that to to any anyone anyone listening ooh yeah, Oof. Oof. yeah. <laughs> ooh beautiful thank you um so i guess for for those listening who feel like okay this priest's path like this sounds aligned um <laughs> what or it sounds like it, it is me. It's what yeah. my, my truth is. Um, what kind of steps did you take into um, embodying this this priestess or what would you recommend for anyone listening, like Absolutely. practicing? Mm. Well,
0: you know, my steps were never direct, straightforward or in <laughs> um, one line. It's more like concentric and zigzags and Mm -hmm. infinity circles and (laughs) I have always had this mm, this really beautiful relationship with the feminine deities of myth and mythology and actually a really strong distaste for religion. I grew up Catholic and was an excellent student and was constantly in the principal's office because I was like, where are all the women? Mm. This is a lie. And at such a young age, I knew this inherently that something was off. We weren't being told and I couldn't just sit by and wait Mm -hmm. for a truth that wasn't my own to be seated so deeply within my psyche Mm. and in my 20s I started on plant medicine paths ayahuasca mostly and um, magical mushrooms Mm -hmm. and really started to commune with a feminine god and I had had somewhat of veracular gift since I was a child, but it was never really realized because I had never given it the attention and intention that it desires and deserves.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: through activations of plant medicine, I started to remember that this had been my gift throughout many lives,
2: mm-hmm. that I
0: was a scribe, and that I had always walked the priestess path. And even when I had incarnated as male, I was a protector of the lineage of the goddess.
2: Wow,
0: And. I think that it really started there. And my husband died suddenly when I was 33. Um, And so Mm -hmm. this is about four years ago, my husband Mm -hmm. passed away in his sleep of no apparent reason, um, very much in love. And we had a very solid um, devotion to being between the veils together. Mm -hmm. And so when he transcended, there was two options i could also leave start again new incarnation
2: mm-hmm.
0: or i could really understand what this huge portal of at the moment a portal of grief was here to teach me and specifically when the day that he passed i had an out of body experience while i was receiving the information while i was understanding and actually realizing that my beloved was no longer on the earth plane. And I remember screaming so loud on my knees outside. And then I almost remembered the scream becoming much lighter, almost as if it was an echo or something that was very far away from me. Mm -hmm. And I had the semblance that I was outside of my body. And I was watching myself have this, intense moment of realization and loss and there was this knowing that a part of me had also transcended and had passed into another realm and that that had made space for this soul fractal to come home Mm -hmm. there was space now for it to root and rise and as I came back into my body obviously still racked with grief but there was an undercurrent of calm Mm. that had been replaced and I didn't I wasn't able to articulate that for many years but Mm. I understand it now and what that was was the mother the goddess and the emissary part of me that had always lived had come home Mm. and I had really lived more of a masculinized very action yang oriented business owner I was like I'm going to get shit done type Mm -hmm. of deal and it served definitely until that very moment when it no longer served and it was released and it Mm -hmm. was replaced with something that was a truer version of who I was becoming in that evolutionary moment Wow! and ever I wouldn't say ever since that moment but I'm sure that it was happening all my life, but that moment was a silent commitment to my path as an emissary and conduit Mm. and a vessel Mm. of the feminine, of the goddess. And I really started seeking ways to understand my gifts, my oracular visioning and my um, relationship with guides and Angels and what I like to call galactic citizens. <laughs> and I started traveling uh, more than I ever had. I used to take two really big trips every year internationally. And I'm from the Caribbean and I'm based here in the Virgin Islands. And it's, it's fairly hard to get here, you know, international places to make <laughs> for me because we're a little island in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I started spending a lot of time in Egypt. And in Avalon, which is Glastonbury in the UK and in Scotland and Ireland and in Hawaii and in Greece and France and these really beautiful places that were inextricably tied with the feminine. Mm -hmm. Mary Magdalene was said to have come upon the shores of what was known as Gaul um, in the ancient days, which is present day France. And it's where she started her her church of love and really preached Mm. the left-handed path of the feminine all throughout France. And my family is French, originally from France. And my name is, I love you in French. And so going Mm. to France and doing the pilgrimage of Mary Magdalene, walking the same ways that she walked, going to the caves and her sacred springs and Mm. wells and churches. And I had always kind of had this kind of, hmm. Retraction, moonwalk backwards from religion and churches, and I found myself so attracted to Gothic architecture and anything that had to do with Mary, any of the Marys. You know, there's many Marys, and um, anything that had to do really with the ley lines and and the lineage of Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, and going to Hawaii and understanding that there are what's known as um, some people will call them stargates which is an easier term than what I was about to use you know, <laughs> stargates um, between different places you know mm-hmm. and um, there's a stargate in Kauai that actually connects to France and what was really interesting is I, I did not know that and I had just been in Kauai and felt completely compelled to go to France after. Wow. And it was this understanding that I was being guided into the pentagram you know the the pentacle the the star of the the mother of heaven, of the queen of heaven. You know, and a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, that sounds like something devilish. You know, that sounds like it's evil, you know, it's witchcraft and things like that. And um, really and truly these are symbols and signs of sacred ancient teachings that are embedded within our DNA, within our genetic memories and our neural pathways that are activating now. And the part of you that says, or feels that I am scared of a symbol or a sign Mm. is the conditioning of our fear and the non-permission of our power because we only give power like something can only give us fear if we've given power to it Mm. yeah so traveling a lot and and studying with really beautiful mentors oh I just had a slew of incredible mind-blowing heart expanding mentors mm. um Sarah Naya Soleil Achintia Devi um, Keoni Kayoni Hanalei Bertrand Kalila Dowdy oh wow um,
1: just I'm reading her book Saren, Saran's book yeah
0: yeah yeah um Sarah Jenks are mm. really beautiful priestess leaders who um you know, either their writings, their teachings, their one-on-one mentorships have changed my life um, and have given me, I wouldn't so much say validation, but they, I would say that actually validation, yes, but also reinforcement of permission. Yeah. That I'm not bad. I'm not evil. I'm not wrong. I'm not crazy. I'm not imagining things Mm
2: -hmm. that this is
0: real and what I come across is my own layer and level of truth in this moment that is speaking to me. And it's in a language that maybe I am the only person who can translate mm. and that each of us have this language that is sometimes only translatable by our own energies. And for those who have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, you will understand the gnosis of your soul. Mm. Yeah. So travel and studying um, mentorship, and really communing deeply in meditation with nature
1: mm-hmm. with
0: medicines even though I'm, I'm stepping a little bit away from some of the plant medicines and really trying to rely on the undercurrents of the medicine that's already within me and yeah. I find that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that like I'll jump in a a Peruvian ayahuasca ceremony tomorrow but (laughs) you know um, but it also feels really good to know and to like deeply deeply know that all of that is within us and that there are these repositories and vaults that we have the keys to that open all of that up to us really without any additional support from Um, a medicine the medicines are here to remind us that this is already within us
1: Mm, yes absolutely I love that you made that point Um, Mm -hmm. yeah wow (laughs) thank you for sharing all of your that that piece of your story a big piece so sorry about your husband I didn't know that you lost him in this in this plane yeah Um, wow I can't imagine and I also have heard from others that When a loved one crosses to the next space, um, a lot of gifts are awakened. I've heard that from multiple people. Yeah. Interesting how that works.
0: I would absolutely concur. And um, it's not often, but he does come to me sometimes. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what has been given to me as kind of divine dialogue between us two is that it's a gift. And, you know, the way that we look at gifts can be interesting, hmm. but it was a gift. And also um, what I like to call a very much needed course correction for me hmm. so that I can kind of veer back to my essential path in the fullest expression of my soul contract
2: hmm. instead
0: of this physical world conditioned contract. And, you know, I say things like that, and, and sometimes I, I don't like to trigger people that's a lie i love to trigger people um but it can be triggering to people when we say that and it's just it, it's just a it's just a question to yourself a self-inquiry you know am i living authentically Am what i doing every day lighting me up like a full body fuck yes are the things that i'm thinking about in my greatest evolution of love for myself for the people around me Am I supporting myself in my desires and in my destinies? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what I do within the Akashic Records is that it's reminding people of that permission for the self-inquiry, that permission to receive the answers in their highest embodiment of truth and then to believe it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The believing it. <laughs> it's key piece. Yeah, it is. Wow. So when you, um, access the records or when you're tuned in, do you, um, often tune in for yourself and for your own guidance (laughs) or, or is it typically for others? That's a great question. And, um,
0: I have been reading the Akashic records for many years, and I've probably done less than eight readings for myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a point of integrity for me because I feel like, well, it's two things, but the point of integrity is where I'll lead with. Um, I feel like I'm here for an experience and to learn. And if I have the most probable way forward, then I may not choose side paths and other additional ways to get to a destination that may be quite fun. They may be rowdy and wild and amazing. And they also may be a bad idea after the fact, they were still an experience that would still lead me to where I need to go. And so major stuff are things that you know, I'm just, that are my burning to know, and I just can't come to it. Um, Yeah, I will definitely ask. And normally when I do a reading for myself, there's so much information that it needs to be integrated from it. And it almost feels like it's a rolling integration that takes months and sometimes even years and things that I may have pulled out of the ethers three years ago will have just landed and concretized within my experience Like if I go to a sacred site or I end up in a place and I'm like, oh, I've been here before. This is what I was shown. And up until that moment, maybe it didn't make absolutely any sense to me until that Maha moment Mm. of standing in the middle of a vision that was given to you years ago. And that's happened quite a few times, especially with people, sacred soul contracts and things like that. And Really, I think that's a lot of where my mind started to play tricks on me. Where it was like, This is imaginary, this is fake, and then I step into a scene that was completely laid out in the way that it was depicted to me through a vision. And there's nothing that you can do but just kind Mm -hmm. of smile and laugh to yourself. And I always (laughs) look up and I say, You oh, you (laughs) you guys, you guys (laughs) got a great sense of humor, you guys. you guys, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So it's the readings for myself are really interesting. And I think the more that I do this work, and the more that I really lean into the trusting of what's coming through, um, for quite a long time, I would be hesitant to tell people certain information that I felt in my egoic self would be like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that, you know, mm-hmm. you should you know, the the records are saying this is not a good marriage for you. Like that's never information that I want to give out. And I had to have like renegotiations with the Akashic records and with the guides that come in, because it's not my specific guide that I'm speaking with. It's your specific guide, whoever is coming to support you in clarity and in unconditional love. And sometimes I'm like, no, that's you need to either rephrase that or come from a different angle Mm. that doesn't feel congruent for me to share it in that way. And so sometimes there's a renegotiation and I'm at this point now where it's 98% of the time, I'm just like, this is what it is. This is exactly what they're saying. This is what it is. And the guides (laughs) are very... um, they're just rooted in like sovereignty, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, they'll laugh about things and they'll have kind of a good kind of slap on the knee about like a reaction to something, but there's no like sugarcoating it. They're like, this is the information, relay it. You're the conduit, you're the vessel, you're the mouthpiece. Mm. I'm really not supposed to be filtering the information very much. Mm. Um, And je as... The oracle or the reader or whatever you'd like to call it, I really step out of the way mm-hmm. so that this avatar is just that. It's just a temple repository for the information that you are seeking, craving, and that's meant to come to you in this moment. So there's really no obstacles or hindrances from my human egoic self
2: yeah. most of the time <laughs> um,
0: that are there. And that's uh, that's a prayer that I that I say every time before every session to allow myself to step out of the way because this is not mine. It's not meant for me. I am just here to be, um, yes, an intermediary, but more so um, hand-holding for the realization of what it is that your soul has always been trying to
1: tell you Mm.
0: and to kind of help you to open up your ears to
1: listen and your heart to receive. Wow, what a a big... um contract (laughs) what a big big path and I love it just shows I think your integrity and I when I was having experiencing the reading with you like there was not a doubt in my mind it was je and then the the channel through je but she wasn't even there like it was it was completely like sidestepped and your eyes were closed and it just it just flooded through and I could feel through the energy like the 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 pace and the amount of energy and just the flood like the floodgates opened and it was all coming through and then as you you mentioned at the beginning of the reading like it will wind down the energy will kind of slow and dissipate and then you kind of came came back and then we talked about it after but it's such an incredible process and i wonder too has um like the effects on you as Jatem or on your body or your energy, has that been a like difficult thing to kind of manage and work with or um, from the beginning? Because I know for me, when I was first holding space or in high energy spaces, like my body would get just my back would hurt and I'd feel super tired. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear your. your yeah, great question. And um-
0: I absolutely agree with you. In the beginning, I didn't have the, mm, I didn't set the safe space that was required for that high level of channeling. Mm -hmm. And so I would suffer physically with headaches or I would get very tired or I'd be very lethargic. Mm -hmm. And I really noticed that even outside of um, channeling, but just even in holding space for a sound bath or a cacao ceremony or a women's empowerment circle like I would still feel that
2: mm-hmm. and so
0: I this was actually one of the questions that I did ask in the Akashic record reading to say okay I'm absolutely positive that I'm not supposed to be utilizing my own energy and my own um, fill up to be able to channel this through yeah like how am I connect, how can I connect the repository of source in its infinitude to be able to drain my own elixirs, mm. you know, with this. So, yeah. um, and it was just kind of a reimagining of uh, where the energy comes from. Like I was imagining myself as the information coming through me in a human form in like this very physical avatar and then being disseminated out and so it Mm. it came to me to hmm, to create a truth around the fact that me and my human form is actually not here in that moment and that I (laughs) empty myself Mm. I am filled up with the energy of the goddess and then I empty it into you, the receiver of said information, but that I don't necessarily need to use my own energy to mm-hmm. fill you. This is the energy of source that runs through us. And so that's where the kind of jatam completely kind of like exiting, which brings me back to that moment where I realized I was having an out-of-body experience and watching myself in, in broad daylight. And so this is similar to that, although not the same, I'm not watching myself channel. It's almost as if I'm just kind of sitting off to the side, like reading a book or having a cup of tea (laughs) or watching a TV show or something. And I'm like, oh, are you done? Okay. I'll come back. Mm -hmm. And so it almost feels as if there's a a very solid, but sacred separation um, between how I show up in physical service and then how I show up in service between the realms.
1: Hmm. Wow. That's very expansive. For me to hear and when you were sharing it kind of clicked like when I'm really in the spaces um when I'm doing the sound healing or just holding any type of space really especially with Reiki or healing or any of that it, it's not Rohini is not there like it's a different presence it's a different energy it's completely separate and so Identifying that and calling upon that that presence and kind of allowing Rohini to just step aside, I think would be very helpful. Um, and that's yeah, very expansive because my prayer is always like still kind of um, putting protections in my own body and like may my body have strength and da da da. And it's very much like this physical reality, but the the information that's coming through is. So much greater and wider, and it's everywhere. Mm.
0: I really look at it like invoking your highest dimensional self. Mm-hmm. And so, we can say our higher self, but our highest dimensional self is able to take dimensional energy and transfer or transcend it through a vessel that isn't physical. And so we're not running the energy through a physical body but more mm. so through a light encoded like template. Yes. And so mm. that's kind of how I see it now. It's this light encoded template and I'm witnessing the template. The template is talking to mm. me as a vessel or almost, you know, kind of as a mouthpiece and it's showing me vision. So it can almost come through like a hologram that I'm able to witness. And then I'm able to have a conscious dialogue with, telepathic dialogue, whatever you'd like to call it. And then that then is in turn um, turned into a transmission that can be received. Yeah.
1: Ooh, wow. Thank you. That is helpful. That is very helpful. <laughs> Something just clicked. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Oh my gosh. Way. Wow. I'm trying to think there's there's infinite questions and also we've covered so much and time did its thing where it's not real <laughs> and that felt like <laughs> hours but it really wasn't <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess some last thing i would love to ask is are there any specific like guidance for prayers or like invocations or working with these selves, like if someone who has never sat down in a practice, but wants to start working in this realm, like, what does that even look like? How could, how could they start? Wow,
0: beautiful question. There's a lot of different ways. And when I am in kind of this space of, I was going to say choosing or deciding, but I don't think that's the perfect word for it. It's almost in this space of forming a contract with of mentorship with someone, Mm. Um, I create a discovery call and we go through like different points in the body because you want to see where most of your energy is centered. And is it centered in your grounding chakras, your lower chakras? Is it centered in the center of your body? Is it centered in your upper chakras? And I think through this, there's a lot of things that can be crafted that work directly with where your power is already stored. Mm and works with activating that central repository of power and once you can even unlock a little bit that stream of power will leak into these other power centers that maybe are dormant or are inactive and it will unlock something there and as it goes through it almost becomes like um, a tributary of your energy that is flowing through your body. And even if it starts at a trickle, it's really beautiful to witness because people start getting, it can be physical, like vibrations and tingling in the body. It can be really prophetic dreams. It can be synchronicities coming in like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be so many different things, but I suggest really becoming so very in tune with the intelligence and the language of your somatic experience. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel things in your body? When you are a full body, fuck yes, where does it hit you in your body? Mm -hmm. With a no, where does it hit you in your body? And I think that's typically where I start. It feels like it's where your signature is stored, and when we figure out what the signature is, then you can sign a new soul contract that allows the activation of further gifts to come into your awareness
1: and your utilization. Mm. Okay, tuning into the body, and and we are communicating with, we are co-creating with with all of it. We're weaving our tapestry. So asking and kind of stating that you are ready or you're. Desiring more information or activations like that would be something that could be a possibility.
0: Absolutely. And I think the most important thing is the feeling that's behind of it. When we think about our physical bodies, our avatar, this is holding spirit. It isn't spirit, but it is taking instructions from spirit and those instructions are then transmitted to us. And so when we have an affirmation, when we have a mantra, when we are writing down our manifestations, it's the feeling that's behind it. And I don't know if you're familiar with, oh, I'm gonna forget his name now. Come to me, come to me, come to me. He's a Barbadian mystic um, from the 1900s, and it's gonna come to me. Um, But he always speaks about the feeling Behind your desires Mm -hmm. and to envision it from the end. And so you want to come into your oracular envisioning, you want to come into your hands on Reiki healing in a very powerful way. Envision it from the end, not the steps of how you will get there, Mm. but see yourself in a setting being the vessel of healing. There's one piece that I'd like to kind of just segue from there is that I don't tell people that I'm healing them. As a Reiki master, no, I'm I'm just a repository of the energy and able to disseminate it out in a way that you can receive. Um and as a conduit, you know, of the divine, the divine is healing you. And yes, we are all divine, but the divinity that's flowing through me feels to be at a much more palpable state than I can energize in my physical on my own without this help and support of the goddess. And Yeah. So that feels important to to say it's it's the feeling Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's all about being in that moment from the end. You want a romantic partner. You want the dream career. You want to live in a new location before you go to sleep at night, you lay down in your bed and you feel yourself on the ocean breezes. Mm. Feel yourself in the arms of your lover, with them caressing your shoulders or rubbing your head, mm. or kissing you, or you feel the weight of a wedding ring on your hand. Yeah, you don't feel that that emotional and but very tangible spiritual connection to a future that you are creating in every moment through your emotional state of truth. Yeah. And so that's also where the body comes in. And that's why I ask, like, where is your somatic signature in your body? Because that's what we tap on when we give this huge amount of
1: feeling into our manifestation of whatever it should be that we're calling in. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. And I, I love the, the distinction of its, its spirit, its source coming through. Um, I think that is another great sign for anyone listening (laughs) if anyone's saying like i'm healing you it's just something to be a little cautious of um it is it is within you the the spirit and the oneness that is within the light that's within all of us co-creating in the perfect way at the perfect time (laughs) so i love that thank you for that distinction yeah wow what a power-packed hour oh my goddess I gotta start saying that I need to rewire the the pathway that says oh my god (laughs) my my brother uh says oh my guru (laughs) which is a a, a little (laughs) one that I'm starting to say (laughs) Mm, I like that a lot perfect Thank thank you thank you so much for your wisdom and paving the way and being the radiant light that you are Mm, so grateful so grateful thank you Rohini thank you for your service to the collective thank you for speaking
0: your truth in the most delicious and divine way that really Mm. at least for me it touches me when I read your poetry I feel it Mm. your somatic signature is all lit up and so I feel it and that transmission that you give through words through communication is not just a gift, but it's the gift of presence,
1: and so it's almost
0: as if you're giving presence and you're giving presence.
1: <laughs> ah, <But laughs> thank you, thank you. Welcome. I really received that. So, um, for everyone, anyone, everyone should book a reading. <laughs> my opinion. Um, <laughs> anyone who wants to keep in contact with you have a reading with you, follow along, you do beautiful, um, kind of astrological, like moon updates and just collective energy updates, which I find really helpful. Where can they okay. find you?
0: Absolutely. My website is jetemcharie.com and that's J-E-T A I Amazon in Mary. Magdalene, E, <laughs> and Cherie is C-H-E-R-E-E.com, so Je T'aime Cherie, je t'aime is spelled the traditional French way, which means I love you, and then Cherie, and so you can also find me by the same name on Instagram, and all of my readings, and sessions, and mentorships are on my website, and I travel quite a bit, so maybe if I'm in your country, um, I love to do in person. It always feels really beautiful. And mm. doing these sessions, you know, under the Sphinx <laughs> or oh. the Great Pyramid or ah. at a sacred site in the Celtic lands, um, you know, at the Chair of Isis in France, and things like that. I, I, I feel like we transcend time, and we really go back to a specific timeline where we were doing this Mm. along the ley lines of infinitude and how we are continuing to do this. And so virtual is, is amazing. I'm doing virtuals every day. So that's mostly how I disseminate these informations. But um, yeah, I'd be happy to speak with anybody if they need further information or support or clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to know your questions that you're asking into the records. That's an (laughs) integrity piece for me. Please Mm -hmm. don't send me your questions beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really about asking them into the records as I am not I'm not the one who's answering them just <laughs> mouthpiece and so mm. yeah that feels like that's that's contact and and muggle
1: stuff <laughs> <laughs> so many beautiful <laughs> offerings and um sign me up for a session in front of the sphinx like absolutely we're going to Egypt. Right? i feel it i feel it it's gonna happen it.
0: <laughs> and speaking of that a little birdie said that you might be going to avalon sometime soon yes yes okay so I'm leaving in two weeks to go oh wow for how long um I'll be in Europe for well I have a one-way that's kind of just how I (gasps) travel but um I'll be there for a while and so um I'll be there between France and and England Glastonbury and then also Ireland and Scotland but it's just kind of a hop skip and a jump Mm. and so sacred well Akashic Record channelings blue light healing
1: Yes, please. Okay. Yes, I'm gonna message you about that. Oh my god, goddess. Oh my goddess. (laughs) I'm excited. Yes, I love it. Thank you so so much.